Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. We figured since we've got a bit of spare time on our hands, we'd interview some of our fave celebs and influential figures in the beauty industry and share those interviews with you. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when a bonus episode drops. Hello, Joanna. Are you okay? No, I'm I not. I feel like you wrote a bucket list and you're just slowly like ticking them off. Yeah, I'd just like to say manifestation is a very strong tool. I did write a list <laughs> and I'm ticking my way through it. Like, honestly, I, but also I just have absolutely no limits when it comes to reaching out to people for this podcast, Anna. <laughs> Joanna has no shame. She yeah. will reach out to anyone. anyone. Like, this is a lesson in persistence yeah. to anyone listening. Listening. Seriously. I have faith in you to get J-Lo. Uh, look, I've tried. Leave that with me. <laughs> Wait, did you really? Yeah. <laughs> did you get a rejection letter? No, I haven't. So I'm still confident. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine? I can't. I, I, I just can't. Yeah. I, can't. I think we'd both perish, but today I'm really excited because we're interviewing someone that was on my wish list who I've been obsessed with for years. And that person is Nikki Wolf, who you might actually know as Nikki Makeup. All the makeup artists that listen to this podcast will be like squealing right now because I think everyone in the makeup industry like idolizes her. And Hannah, you've also become quite a fan of her through I me. I love her. Her hair. Yes. See, I'm her hair fan. See, my thing with her is her voice. Yes. The soothing voice on her tutorials. I just love waking up to that on a Monday. As creepy as that sounds, I just, if she could do an audiobook, that would be great. But I really think her hair is probably the most yeah. beautiful hair on Instagram. Stunning. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy our chat with Nikki because we certainly did. So, Nikki, uh, usually Joanna does the introductions, but I'm going to have to introduce this interview because Joe, I can tell, has gone uh, very <laughs> shy and starstruck. Joanna first introduced me to you, Nikki Makeups, your Instagram, and I've also been obsessed with you ever since, but I'm a fellow curly girl, so I've stalked your entire hair routine on Insta. So you have a whopping 1.5 million followers and your clients have included Kim Kardashian, Elsa Hoss, Kaylee Bieber, Shay Mitchell, Jessie J, and I could go on and on. Welcome to the podcast, Nikki. Thank you. First of all, you are a very successful makeup artist, but we'd say your signature has been your amazing brows and your gorgeous curls. Before we get into the makeup chat, can you spill the beans on which hair products you use? <laughs> um, well, thank you, firstly, for that lovely intro. It's so funny, actually. I get tons of questions about my hair and, and the products that I use, but I think that you'll probably know if you say you're a fellow curly girl that you kind of develop your own routine and certain things that you like make other people's hair look incredible don't work for yours and, and vice versa. So I've always sort of done the same thing ever since I first discovered what worked for me. And that is just generally like two things. It's not specific brands or products. It's just using a mousse in the roots of my hair while it's damp and then like a cream or serum through the ends and then waiting until it's mostly dry and then just diffusing upside down from the roots. And that's kind of where I get the root lift, but also keep the smoothness of the curls from not kind of diffusing it from wet to dry. So I guess that's the secret really. At the moment I'm using a L'Oreal mousse, which I love in the roots and what am I using in the ends? I am using a Kerastase curl 
It's kind of like a curl serum creamy thing that I can't remember the name of. Oh, the Kerastase 24 hour. Is that the eight hour magic serum? Because that's the eight hour magic serum. I actually, this is actually a really good trick for, for anyone that's got curly hair that likes the hair when it's kind of freshly washed and then the curls go a bit kind of crooked the next day. I don't know whether you experienced that with, with your curls, but I always, I used to wash my hair daily because I loved those kind of freshly washed curl looks. And then I discovered the eight hour serum and I put that in my hair and then I plait it upside down so that the plait is right at the top of my head. And when I wake up in the yeah. morning, my curls are glossy and moisturized and I've still got root lift because I've had that plait right on the top of my head. So I go to bed looking like a lunatic but I wake up with my hair still good. Um, can I be honest? I am trying that tonight, like 100%. I'll be trying that. We'll pretty much do anything you say. I do have a quick question on the curls. I do Because the, there's something that I found, my curls have become completely damaged as I've used more and more heat tools. Do you stay away from heat tools altogether? The thing is, I, I remember once I've got a very good friend of mine is a, is a hairstylist and I went through a stage where I desperately wanted to be blonde. I think I'd gone through like a breakup with a guy and wanted to change my hair color as we often do. And I remember her saying to me, you can't have long hair and color treated hair and put heat on it. Mm. Like you can't do all three. You kind of have to pick mm. one or you will have no hair left. And those words stuck with me because they're so true. I mean, they're simple and they sound obvious, but they're so true. And I now make sure that because my hair's long and I don't have it trimmed as often as I should, that I don't put any heat in it and I don't bleach it either, which I used to love kind of having sort of highlights through my hair, but you just can't have it all. So yeah, I try mm. and stay away from heat and, and be as kind to it as possible so that I can keep it on my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, as much as I love the hair chat, we are here to pretty much talk about makeup because that's your jam. <laughs> So one of your classic techniques, which I've learned from literally stalking all of your Sunday tutorials, I don't know if you know this, but the time difference here means that Sunday night is actually Monday morning. So often I listen to your voice as I'm waking up in the morning, like I watch your Sunday tutorial as I'm waking up. But one of those techniques is using a pencil to outline the socket and enhance the eye shape before you go in with shadow. Can you tell us a bit more about that technique and why you use that on most people that you do your tutorials on? Yes. I always found, as a lot of people do when starting out with makeup, that eyeshadow was the one thing that, like I always had a super steady hand. So um, I was lucky enough that liners and stuff for me came quite naturally, but I always found eyeshadow and blending and trying to achieve the look that I wanted with enough intensity without having something where all the colors sort of melted into themselves and then dropped all over the face was probably the most challenging part of doing makeup. And then I just discovered that actually, if you outline the shape that you're trying to create first with a cold pencil, then what it does is it gives the shadow something to stick to. So in the same way as kind of when you apply a liquid foundation, you put a powder on top, the eyeshadow sets the cold pencil so that it doesn't crease and move around, but you also get that kind of intensity from that pencil that's underneath. So it means that if you're kind of doing a dramatic cut crease look or, or something that you want certain areas of that shadow to be deeper and more intense, then it's the perfect technique to use so that you don't have lots of eyeshadow that looks powdery, but you also have all that lovely creamy intensity that you want from a dramatic shadow look. Mm. And do you have any favorite pencils? Any soft cold, to be honest, works. So many pencils nowadays are stay on and waterproof, and that's great if you're doing liner, but if you're actually using it for the technique that I use where I'm using it 
almost as a shadow base, then you don't want anything that's long wearing because it'll be much harder to blend. So anything that's mm-hmm. just a pure cold pencil that is sort of soft and easy to blend, that doesn't have a, you know, a time limit if that makes sense. Certain mm-hmm. pencils have a time limit. You put them on and you've got like a minute or two to blend them out. Whereas a cold pencil, you'll be able to continuously blend it until you set it with that shadow. So any cold pencil, which means you're free to sort of pick any shade you want. One of my absolute favorites of all time is a MAC pencil called Costa Riche, which is this beautiful kind of ready warm brown that is just beautiful on everyone, especially if you've got green or blue eyes then it really enhances the color of the eyes because of the warmth of that pencil. So that's always a must have in my kit. Something that you always nail is dewy, fresh looking skin. What are your tips for skin prep and foundation application? I, again, I just think it's a case of finding things that work for you. And for me, I prefer to use brushes rather than sponges. I feel that I have a little bit more control and it's faster using a brush. And I'm quite impatient and I do makeup quite fast. So I like to be able to just put it on and have a flawless finish in seconds. So I'll put a foundation on with a flat synthetic foundation brush and then often go back over the top with more like a powder brush or a buffing brush, which helps to buff the product in the skin, which gives you a really flawless, seamless finish. And then I always say, even if you're looking for full coverage, I prefer to go with quite a sort of a natural foundation, buff it into the skin and then use a concealer on the areas where you need a bit more coverage. So that's kind of the technique that I always use for skin, regardless of what products I'm using. And then in terms of skin prep, it's just as important as applying makeup, really. You just got to spend a little bit of time and a lot of people have combination skin and maybe find one product that generally works. But I would say don't be afraid to use products that suit different areas of your face. So for example, if you have dry cheeks in an oily T-zone, then to opt for a primer that's pore refining and oil minimizing for your T-zone, and then something that's a little bit more illuminating and dewy for your cheeks means that you're going to kind of prep before your makeup with the right kind of base that is going to look the way you want it to but also last. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned before we actually got into our chat we're still in lockdown here in Melbourne and I've been really fine-tuning my nail art skills and I know that you're a little bit of a nail enthusiast as well. Do you have any signature products or shades that you love to recommend or that you use yourself because I love your nail content. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well I'm kind of quite fussy with my nail. I love nail art. I've been obsessed with nail art for years and years. And I used to do my own nail art and really experiment with lots of crazy designs. And actually, if you go right back to the beginning of my Instagram, then it's a lot of nail art in the very beginning that I used to do myself. Um, So when we were in lockdown in the UK, I went back to doing my own nails because I hadn't been doing them for a while. I'd been having gel nail art done because it lasts longer and it's just a bit more time friendly. But when I had time and I was in lockdown before I had a baby, (laughs) I had a bit more time on my hands. So I used to, so I went back to doing my own nail art and I just love using pastels and whites and I love negative space. So that means kind of like a clear or neutral base coat and then using a thin brush to just detail some nail out over the top of that, but leaving some of the nail visible. I always think that's very cool. That steady hand must really come in handy when you're doing your nails. I struggle with the steady hand, but you must have that like down pat. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's why I enjoy it so much because I'm lucky enough to have a steady hand. So I've always enjoyed doing the little details and yeah. Mm. 
You've talked about your pigmentation on Instagram and I totally relate. I was told the other day, even though I can't see it, but under a, a light, apparently I have melasma. Joe, you were there. Yep, I was there. I was like, what? Melasma? Are you using any skincare products at the moment that you or any ingredients that you recommend for pigmentation? Yes, I am. I actually went to see my dermatologist after I I had my baby and she has prescribed me a whole range of Abaji skincare that contains vitamin C. So generally anything with vitamin C is quite brightening. Um, I'm using quite an intensive serum that's got 20% vitamin C. So it's a very effective serum to treat melasma and pigmentation by really brightening and lightening those areas. So I'd say for anyone that has concerns, vitamin C is just an amazing ingredient to have in your skincare. In terms of using a high percentage vitamin C serum, it can be quite hard on some people's skin. So I'd say if you're not used to it, try it for a couple of nights a week, see how you get on rather than going every night a week. Because some people can find it a little bit sort of hard on their skin. But I've been using it now for about six weeks. It has made a difference to my skin for sure. I was going to ask if you had any tips for those wanting to conceal discoloration or pigmentation with makeup. Absolutely. There's a concealer I found that I actually can't talk highly enough about. I mean, I've used it on for years on clients, but I've been using it also to cover my melasma and it's really full coverage, but also looks super natural because I like my foundation, like we discussed before, to be kind of light and dewy and natural. I always want to just have something natural on my skin and then be able to have that full coverage concealer. So I've been using the Laura Mercier Secret Camouflage Concealer. Each packet has two different shades. So it means you can slightly mix and match the color because different areas of the face are going to be slightly mm. different colors. For example, under mm. the eyes, you need a little bit more warmth to balance any blueness. And then often foreheads can be a little bit more tanned, etc. And it's also quite a dry matte texture, which means that once you put it on, it stays and it doesn't move around, which I love. I find it looks really natural on the skin and it was also great for concealing under eyes too. Mm, I reckon you'd like the Kryolan concealer wheel. Have you guys got Kryolan in the UK? I've tried that. It is good. Yeah, it's got quite a big spectrum of colours, which makes concealing discoloration quite easy. Do you use any Makeup Forever? I mean, I'm sure makeup artists love that brand. <laughs> I've got their new matte concealer and I never would have thought to have used a matte concealer. Like that's just kind of not my vibe. Matte concealers are really... Um, even if you want glossy, dewy skin, the, mm. if you think about the areas that you want to conceal, generally they're not areas that you want to be dewy and glossy. So you don't mm. need that kind of glossiness under the eyes. So a matte concealer is perfect. We don't want to draw attention to the area. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Put a dewy concealer on like a pimple and like, but don't look at it. <laughs> Shiny. <laughs> You're also a very new mum. Has your everyday makeup routine changed since having a newborn? Do you know, I've always been very quick at doing my own makeup. It takes me five minutes in the morning to do my makeup. But what has changed more so than my makeup routine because of my baby is my makeup routine because of mask wearing in the UK. Oh, of course. Mm. I actually think that it's quite important to change how you do your makeup once you're wearing a mask because otherwise you can tend to get, we call it maskne, like acne underwear mm. that you've worn a mask. What I've done is I've actually made sure that I'm using much lighter products on my skin and maybe like even dewy primers, but followed by powder foundations so that it's lighter and it doesn't, they, they don't rub off on the masks that I'm wearing. And then just focus a little bit more on eyes rather than skin, which is kind of half covered by a mask. So yeah, that's, that's really been the biggest change since my bubba because it's time-wise it's coincided with 
coming out of lockdown and uh, wearing masks. Yeah, well, I mean, you only have to do half your face, right? So we're saving time. <laughs> That's time pursuing in itself. <laughs> <laughs> now to talk about products again, when you use the Dr. Hauschka translucent bronzing tint on Elsa Holsk, you posted a video about it and I immediately went and bought it and I now use it regularly. Can you tell us all the different ways that you can use that product? Elsa actually has that product in her her personal makeup bag now since I used that on her. I don't blame her. <laughs> it's such a beautiful <laughs> product. You can use it so many different ways. You can use it on its own, sort of just over your moisturizer as just a bronzing tint just to make you kind of look fresh and healthy. It's also got lots of beautiful ingredients in it and quite anti-inflammatory as well. So if you suffer from redness, then it's really great to tone down any areas of redness or anything like that. So it, it's great one on its own. It also can be used mixed with your foundation to make your foundation a little bit more bronze and sheer and can be used on top of your foundation, almost like a bronzer. And I love the effect a liquid bronzer gives rather than a powder bronze. I just think it looks a lot, a lot more natural. And also find that you wouldn't think it, but it stays quite well because powders on top of liquids, if you are a bit of a face toucher, which I am, like I can't resist but touch my face throughout the day, powders on top of foundations can tend to go patchy as the day goes on. Whereas if you use a liquid product, it almost acts more like a stain and actually then you get more of a kind of flawless finish throughout the day, I find. So mm-hmm. yeah, super versatile can be used on its own mixed with foundation or on top of foundation as a bronzer. And I'm currently using it as like a contour, but sometimes I like to mix it with my moisturizer. It is very versatile. So you are responsible for influencing me on that product. Well, your um, skin now, looks beautiful. So whatever oh, you're doing, you. you're doing well. <laughs> I've got a lot of makeup on, so um, that helps. <laughs> I've had a sleepless night with my bubble and I've got no makeup on. So apologies for the state of my face (laughs) for you girls this morning. (laughs) You still look beautiful as always. Now, I absolutely hate when people ask me this question because I find it very, very hard to answer. But I have to ask you, if you could only use three makeup products for the rest of your life, what would they be? Definitely liquid liner of some description. Mm -hmm. Liquid liner is my number one. I feel like without liquid liner, I don't look like me. A little bit of liquid liner, even though I do just quite a thin flick just in the corners of my eyes, the placement of it can completely change the shape of your features. So for me, liquid liner is my number one. And then it's got to be mascara, really. You can't beat good lashes. Mm. So yes, so liner, mascara, and this is really boring, but I'd have to say soap for brows. Yes, good one. I was actually going to ask you about soap brows because I know that's such a big thing that you do on your clients. (laughs) And I feel, well, I've picked those three things because I feel like with everything else, you can, you can improvise. That's it. You can improvise with anything else. So Mm -hmm. if you've got no blush, you can find a lipstick and you can use that as blusher. If you don't have powder, then you can, you know, mattify in other ways with the other products that you used before. But with soap, I feel like I can't do brows the same without soap. So yeah, soap, mascara and liner. Mm, Soap really is a game changer. Yeah, the soap would also work on a desert island (laughs) too. Yeah. You can't improvise if you're on a desert island with a lipstick as blush. But maybe you could find some sort of like berry. (laughs) Yes, a berry stained (laughs) lip as well. Yeah, A genuine berry stained lip. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Nikki. I could ask you questions all day. Like, honestly, if we weren't on a time limit, I would be here for three hours questioning you because you were on my wish list to interview for ages. Hannah can attest to that because I was like, we've got to get Nikki makeup. When we first started this podcast, I think we we didn't really know what was going to happen. And I think we wrote this like crazy wish list and you were on there. So this is kind of like quite amazing, isn't it, Joe? Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for your time today, Nikki. Thank you so much, ladies. It's been great to chat to you. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.